0: yeah the suspense builds when you send it you're proud of that work you want them to see it and like say hey this was awesome right away and then when they don't even look at it it's like come on come on!" <laughs>
1: Three, two, one. welcome to learn videography a podcast dedicated to mastering the art and business of becoming a full-time videographer Presented by Industry Jump, hosted by director Kyle Loftus and producer J.J. Englert.
0: Let's go. Welcome back to Learn Videography, your podcast to learn everything you need to know about becoming a full-time videographer. As always, I'm here with my co-host Kyle Loftus, and today is our second episode of Season 3, and we're talking about You're- building your brand and generating online exposure and just amplifying your business to supercharge it in 2020. 2021, 2022. But before we get into it, Kyle, let's just break down the week. How are things going on your side? How's business? Um, is it still just going faster than ever, or how are we doing? Um, I mean, yes
1: and no. Uh, we're we're not crazy with projects right now, but uh, you know, I am personally super busy just because I recently took on two big commercial campaigns. So one of them alone, I have like thirty plus edits. Um, I've been kind of going through right now and so you know that seemed like a a never-ending process but i'm about ready to to export all the rough cuts and get those over to the client so i'm excited for that but uh just been kind of a a bulk process you know so like with all the 30 videos i just first I, i built out all my timelines um then i went through and did some uh sound design then i did uh grade then i found music and then i finally implemented that music and then kind of finalized things so uh now I just got to export, but, but we're yeah. good, man. We're good. We're good. Business is business is good. Um, holidays around the corner. So I'm excited for that. How about Let's you, man? Go.
0: Yeah. I I want to follow up on that though. 30 assets to deliver. That's a lot. I mean, what is like the <laughs> back and forth with your client for doing that? Do you like, have you <clears throat> waited to show them anything before you send them all 30 or do you send them tidbits or like the first or second to make sure that you're in line with their taste and flavor and everything? like, what's your thought process there?
1: Sure. Yeah. So actually, I already exported and sent them like two or three videos because they okay. kind of needed the, the deliverables faster than expected um, just to get some social content out. But um, sure. no, I mean, aside from that, um, I haven't really shown them anything. And, you know, I think a big reason for that, um, one, uh, there's a lot of trust between me and uh, this client. Uh, we've got a really, really good relationship, known each other for a long time. Um, so they really trust and, and value my opinion and insight. I've kind of been consulting them as they've been building this, this brand for their initial launch, um, anyways. And so, um, secondly, you know, just all the pre-production, you know, like I feel like I know this brand inside and out because we've spent so much time talking about how they want to be perceived, you know, what, what, are, what are their colors? What's their style? What are some other mm. video and photo examples that represent the kind of brand persona they want to have? Um, and then also just learning from experience. I think it's very hard for a client who doesn't come from a background, like being, um, a a director or a creative designer, someone who, who has to perceive and be able to see what a product is going to look like before actually seeing the final Mm -hmm. product, um, Mm -hmm. and understand the different elements that make it that. So A lot of times in the past, I've dealt with clients, you know, where I I show them, you know, a working draft and like maybe it's just the video and it has no music and they hate it. They just despise it. But all I do is like throw on a little bit of color and music and then all of a sudden, you know, the perception is (laughs) entirely different. Um, And I think one that also, so in in a result, you know, it can save a ton of time by waiting to show them a more finalized product. Um, And then because it it kind of eliminates the, the back and forth process. Um, mm-hmm. And then also, I think s- selfishly, but also because I think I have t- typically a better um, a better understanding of, of what visually is gonna look better and um, push messaging better. Um, my opinion or my initial thoughts on on what the best edit generally goes through um, if I'm sending them kind of that final product, whereas again, you know, if I'm sending them something that's half complete, generally I'm getting a lot of changes um Mm -hmm. because again i think it's it's really hard for them to see where the product is going like how how is this going to relate or look anything like what we want as the final product
0: Mm -hmm. yeah i feel you there i think a lot depends on the client too right because you have some clients that would want to be involved and it's probably best to get them edits early on for those clients and then you have clients that just need a good video right and that's most of the clients i'd say and so i just i try to get a cut like 90 to 95 percent there on my first go with music grade yep. everything, um, and because that way they they don't have to visualize like what's left and whatnot. They just can see it, right? And I think Absolutely. that's really helpful. Um, yeah, you know, I I recently shot uh, a couple of videos uh, two weekends ago, and I put I sent three assets to the client today or last night, uh, i just I haven't heard back yet, right? And it's just like, Ooh, what uh-oh. the heck? Like, no <laughs> message, like you know, like they're, they're pretty banging assets. And it's like, you didn't even say you received it, you know, like nothing, like you're not interested. Like, so it's always like, you know, and so now it's like, okay, well, when do I follow up with that client? You know, like, I don't want to like, same day message him and say, like, hey, if you checked these out yet, right. Um, so I'll probably follow up tomorrow um, and say, hey, if you had a chance to look at it, right. Um, and, and go from there. But, you, you know, like, Yeah, the suspense builds. When you send it, you're proud of that work. You want them to see it and like say, hey, this was awesome right away. And then when they don't even look at it, it's like, come on. Come on. <laughs> um, so yeah, I feel that for sure. But, um, you know, in today's episode, we're talking about building your brand, generating online exposure, how you can leverage those to supercharge your business, and also how, the difference between personal brand, company brand, how to go about building both of those and why that might be advantageous. Um, and I think we have a really good example with a good friend, Sam Newton. Uh, he was on episode, yep. of season two of Learn Videography. Um, Kyle, walk us through what just happened with him
1: yeah i mean i i think it's um just really really cool you know i mean he's just really had this big launch um with his own kind of brand Uh, i guess another company if you will but you know it's kind of a branched out piece of the sam newton personal brand um so he's got his his stay creamy uh clothing line well it's really just the turtlenecks it's white turtlenecks but Um, and I got no hate on turtlenecks, turtlenecks are all the game for sure. But for instance, being, being a a guy living in Florida, it's like, you can't really rock turtlenecks all the time. And yet what I think is so cool is like this guy got like all these uh, now granted, I don't know how much this was in his store, but I have to imagine he had hundreds of hundreds of, uh, turtlenecks online in his store. And those were sold out in a matter of, uh, I think like 28 or or 48 hours. He almost sold out Mm -hmm. all of them. Might have a tiny bit left and i think smaller medium like that's it but mm-hmm. um i just think it's so cool you know i mean it's like uh he he literally built a personal brand that that people are so um you know obsessed and enchanted with a they, they are and connected with inspired by yeah. that you know the second he says hey guys i've got something special i'm dropping bam you know releases it out and everyone wants to go support him and be a part of that Um, and I think it's just a, a really simple yet powerful story of, you know, the, the power of building a personal brand, um, and what that can really do for you guys in your career, um, especially as, as you're growing and, 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 getting bigger. So it's, it's so important that, that when you're starting your career, when you're in your first couple of years, that you're really focused on that, on, on finding what your brand voice is, what that, what that is and how you want people to perceive you, um, And not so much that you necessarily need to put on a persona or, you know, be something that you're not, but you need to understand, again, like the kind of clientele you want to attract, the kind of work you want to do. Um, And I think Sam, you know, has just done a a fantastic job of, of expounding just exactly that you know so if you guys are looking for a great example of of how to really build a great personal brand i think you know go follow sam check out his work um and and just follow the journey and i think you'll get a really solid idea of of how to build a great personal brand
0: yeah i think one of the things that sam does so well um he has a youtube channel um is he just his personality is contagious right like he's authentic he's genuine and that's like a really big advantage on a personal brand that you can do compared to like a company brand because company brands, it's hard to, it, it's a company, right? It's a, it's like a cold entity, you know, like how do you relate to that? Like some companies are really good at it, but mostly this connection comes from that personal level. And it's because people can relate to you. People want to not be you, but follow in your footsteps, right? And, and do things that you've been able to accomplish and learn from you, right? And once you're able to build that up, there's just incredible power that comes with it in every facet of not only your career and production, but your life, right? Um, I remember early on, um, we were like, I was rocking with Jacob Owens for a music video shoot. And like anytime we'd just be like a guy or two short, he'd just go on Instagram stories and say, hey, we need a gaffer today in Los Angeles, whatever. Could, and he'd, he'd get like 40 people respond right away and people would come through, Right. And and so it made that part of producing a video so much easier because he had that connection that leverage. Whereas me, yeah. I didn't have that at that point, right? And so it's like, who do I know? Who can I find? Who can I message? Send out twenty message, etc. Right? So that's one advantage. And, and not to keep going back to Jacob Owens here, but um, he recently did another spot with ASUS, uh, the commercial, uh, the computer. Uh, um, that's ASUS, right? A S U S, ASUS. Asus. <laughs> that's how you pronounce it asus uh, pc brand right and so he was the lead model in this commercial all right um and it was for the new 16 inch laptop but he also had his company produce it right so that's a an example of bringing two together leveraging your personal brand and getting your company brand involved to make money all sides of the spectrum right so there's just a million ways that your personal brand can help your company brand. And then your company brand can maybe help your personal brand too. Um, you Do you know the guy from Sandwich Video? Uh, they make commercials, uh, tons of commercials for like tech companies. And essentially this guy, he owns a production company and he just put himself in all of the commercials, right? Um, and eventually he became bigger than the whole company itself because <laughs> he was in all these insanely – Awesome viral commercials that led to um, companies just wanting to work with his production company so he could be in their videos. Do you know what I mean? Like it led that level of demand yeah. for his production company because he was in so much demand at an acting level, right? So, there's just so much advantage that you can have from a personal and a company brand. And so, in this episode, we're going to talk about how you can go about building, um, each of those, um, when that starts and, and whatnot. And I think it, it starts, um, you know, in the very beginning, we talked about building, uh, and finding your niche last episode. We talked about that a lot, right? Because, Everything you kind of do stems around that of like, what direction do you want to go? Right. Um, going back to Sam Newton, you know, he's a YouTube creator. He, he creates, uh, spontaneous content, um, authentic, genuine, in your face kind of stuff. And that's like his style. Right. And so when he comes out with a turtleneck, uh, it's okay because that's what people expected out of him, you know? And so it's, it's what you want to do at, as your company, the media you want to create. Um, that you want to start embedding into your branding and your logos and your colors and also who you are as a company, right? So it always starts with niche, but once you have your niche, it goes back to the company, um, your, the name, and even just how you're personally branding yourself to figure out how you want to start standing out from folks. Kyle, you have a great personal brand. H- how have you been approaching it? I guess let's start with personal, and then we'll segue to company. Um.
1: Yeah. I mean, I guess, you know, again, kind of like just, we were talking about earlier. Um, you know, I think the biggest thing for me is trying to be authentic being myself. And so I think with that, um, for me, like a, a big focus I put on things is really just having fun, being goofy, being out out, a little bit outlandish there and weird. Um, so i kind of always like to joke with my clients you know if it doesn't feel weird or awkward like we're not we're not doing it right <laughs> um and so um you know I, I always like for us to kind of push the boundaries in that sense because um, a big thing for me is making sure that you know that we're not just giving the client a really really great final product that but we're making it such an incredible experience that they can't help but want to come back again um you know so oftentimes it's how i'm getting a lot of clients that Will fly in and uh, you know just to work with us, and I think a big part of that is literally because um, you know the full package experience they have when they come in. They you know they kind of feel like royalty in the sense that we're we're treating them well. You know we've got snacks, we've got food for them, we've got a seat just for them. Um, again, all the way to to the deliverables. You know, making sure that there's a behind the scenes yeah. video and that the day of you know everyone's getting asked questions, almost like their own kind of documentary highlight of the day. So. Um, I put a big focus area there. And then again, as, as I kind of alluded to earlier, hitting on the idea of like style and stuff. So again, like the brand perception I, I want, you know, again, like a, a lot of the work you see with um, my content is going to be very dark. It's going to be moody um desaturated kind of colors uh i have a lot more narrative style work storytelling based um yeah. you're going to mainly see commercials or music videos like you're not going to see um weddings or events or corporate videos on you know my social profiles or promoted through my website I'm not going to run ads that way and so again like the whole perceived um <clears throat> Brand, you know, I guess, if you will, again, is, is really aimed at kind of um, kind of more of that action adventure kind of lifestyle commercial work. Um, and again, kind of with uh, the music videos um, kind of sitting along in relatively that similar lane, if you will, with with regards to the storytelling. Um, but again, doing kind of more hip hop and rock
0: um, with the style of work. Yeah, it's funny that you talk about, you know, like the colors that you have in your videos going back to your brand and, and like who you are, right? And the type of shots you choose or the type of work that you're doing, like, you know, that that branding is so deep into us and the work that we do. And that's why you need to have a direction of where that's going, right? And who you are and to to blend it all together. Um, yep. Because once you have that all together, even if it's on a personal or company side, people know what you do, right? And so when they want that, they go to you. But if they don't know what you do, it's hard to know when they should go to you uh, for work or anything like that, right? Um, And then I think going back on the personal side, right? So let's say um, I got a couple of great suggestions. So um through managing industry jump right we have a lot of members in the network but there's been a couple network uh uh, members in the network where i've had other people reach out to me and say hey this person exhibited like this really bad behavior you know kind of thing you shouldn't have them on the platform or or whatever and then like the the point of this is like once that starts to happen and people recognize that you have been having bad behavior or bad etiquette or bad payment or whatever Word starts to spread, right? And then that's like a virus against your brand, company yeah. or personal, and, and and it's really hard to stop it at that light. And so it's not just your logo and, and the colors and stuff, but it's also just how you conduct yourself on a personal and company level Everywhere you are, especially on social media, especially on set, um, you know, even if you think it's your personal media, those views could be going against you one way or another, especially in today's uh, world, right? So it's just like understanding that, you know, how you conduct yourself is going back towards your brand, whether it's good or bad in most cases, um, and that you should be doing so in a manner that you want that to be reflected well upon your brand too. Yeah. Yeah. Bite your tongue. Bite your
1: tongue.
0: Yeah, it's hard because listen, you want to be authentic and you want to be real and you want to be genuine because that's how you build a real brand. But at the same time, you got to be a good person. You got to be honest. You got to have integrity. You know, you got to do things the right way, and that will lead to positive word of mouth growth. But if you don't do that, it could lead the negative way. I
1: think you have to be more than a good person too, JJ. Um, I I think you really you always like you have to put a mindset. On that, you know, I am always going to be the bigger person in every situation. You really, you really have to, um, because again, especially in today's day and age, just with cancel culture, I mean, the, the last thing you really want to do is be burning bridges, um, or upsetting clients or, um, putting a bad name out for, out there for yourself, because the fact of the matter is, is it takes, um, it takes years to build trust, it takes seconds to to throw it all away, to lose it all. Yeah. Um, so I, I think it's just very, very, yeah, very important. I agree.
0: And you know what, like, I think this even extends onto the client side in terms of the clients that you take on, right? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. it, it's really easy for us to always just put it on us, but at the same time, um, if you see a client exhibiting bad behavior and whatnot, and then you choose to work with them in some light, that could come back to you as well, right? So yeah. it, it's it's more important than ever that it's like, hey, you know the direction you want to go for your company and yourself, and then to find as many people in that direction as possible and then to stand up for what's right, um, even if it is a client, you know, um, I think that's important. Um, and, and that's a really hard thing to do, right? Because the, the client is always right. The customer is always right, right? But when it gets into a situation where um, they're just – morally not then it's like okay well how should i do this or um you know and i think it also leads down a dark path which is like you know client changes stuff on on this on the day of the the production or you know money is being thrown around and there's overages but they're not accounting for and stuff like that and so it leads down this really hard path for you as a small business owner of like how do we handle this situation but also keep them um, you know, friendly to us, keep them to a point where they want to refer us, right? And I think that the thing is, you you need to be professional, you got to communicate really well, you always got to be the bigger person, like you said, um, and you just got to try and reason with anybody, right? And it's, um, you know, sometimes on music video sets, like you'll have like a big artist come in, and they'll be doing like drugs or whatever, right? And like I've told them, I was like, "Listen, you can't do that on set. Like, if you want to go in the parking lot or off property, that's fine. That's your prerogative. But I can't have that on my set. It's it's illegal. And if I if someone comes down and busts us, it's on me, right? Um, and I just can't have that for my company. My company is bigger than this one production. You know, like I can't put everything on this one production. So." Sometimes tough decisions or uh, choices need to be made just to stand yeah. up for who you are, your brand, your integrity, um, and, and what you want to put onto the universe.
1: Yeah, I, I, I think um, to, to add on that a little bit as well, JJ, you know, I think especially when we're looking at things from like a company brand perspective, um, understand when you bring um, people out on set, when you hire people out on set, they're an extension of you. Um, so the the way they behave, the way they act, um, you know, whether that's you know just looking at their phones or being lazy or mistreating Either clients, what they're, wearing. what they're wearing, all of that is an extension of you. So understand that, yeah. like, um, setting the expectations is not just something to do with your clients, but the people you're bringing out with on set, and again, making sure that. Again this is kind of um you know we've we've talked a lot about I think chemistry in in the past as well and why that's so important is making sure that you're finding people that you know you really do kind of have have good chemistry and connection with because again we want them they're an extension of you and so you know if if again m- the idea behind my set you know is I want everyone to be very fun and open organic and welcoming you know I'm I'm not really going to want to bring someone out on set that's a very conservative um and maybe you know i guess a, a bit more timid and kind of just you know wants to be very analytical and and stuck in their little box you know that doesn't really fit with the atmosphere we want you know so just kind of understand those elements as well i guess from the the company perspective
0: yeah i've definitely had situations where the client or the um, one of the has come up to me was like hey you gotta check this person like he was just or she was just very rude to me and i haven't gone to the extent where i've fired that person but i definitely went and talked to them right yeah and i know there there have been other situations where a makeup artist or wardrobe designer or something like that crossed one of the actors or actresses one way or another the actress complained and then that wardrobe or makeup person wasn't assigned to that actor anymore you know what i mean so it, it is a personality thing um and you are dealing with a lot of them and so whenever yep. you bring someone on to your crew you just got to make sure that again they they know like your company guidelines and company direction and brand and who you stand for. Right. And um, yeah, that's a hard part too, because in in this industry, you're just hiring folks, you know, contractors, day players, you know, it's impossible for you to like onboard them and and give them like training and all stuff like that. Right. So you can't do that stuff, but you know, I think that's probably why people always just hire who they know and, and the regulars and whatnot, because you get a trust and comfort in the fact that, Hey, this person has been great. I don't need no. to worry about them around my client or actor, right? Um, so a lot of that's built up. I find that I have sometimes success with, if I'm working with, a I guess in any case, I like to have safety meetings in the beginning of the days. And it's not even necessarily a safety meeting. It's just like a company power, like coming together. Here's the mission today. Here's what we're trying to do. Here are things that we should look out for. And here's some safety along the way. And um, all my shoots, Um and i think that's just part of bringing everyone together communication get everyone on the same page making people aware um i think that will always uh set you up for success if you could do that as well
1: yeah yeah definitely
0: yeah so i think you know we we know the benefits of a personal brand we know how um you can just monetize it a million different ways um and then we've talked about you know your company brand in terms of how you want others to act uh while on set with your company, how you want your company to work with your client and and whatnot like that, right? So we've talked about uh building a personal brand and building our, our company brand. Why don't we segue over to exposure and talking about how we can promote the exposure for both of those brands um to leverage those in many different ways, right? And I think the first thing we all think of is social media. Uh we think of, you know, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube as the three majors right now. I guess let's give uh, a little bit of time to each one of those, talk about the strengths and the benefits of each, and then maybe talk about any other platforms or any other ways that we can generate exposure not associated with those that's positive for bringing more eyeballs to your brand, to your company, uh, to help supercharge you that way. Uh, So why don't you get started with Instagram first? It's been a bumpy ride, I tell you. (laughs) Yeah. I... We've initially just been posting Instagram for like four years solid, like once a day, right? And we're at the point now we're still posting just about once a day, but we're like losing followers at this point. Like it, it, the growth has stalled. And and as a company, it's so hard to manage that growth and to maintain it and to build upon it. Um, on the brands, on the personal brand side, how are you seeing things? Um, slowly growing, slowly but surely. We're, we're churning the wheel. Um, <clears throat> yeah. I mean, I think, think it's growth like from folks that are engaged, or do you think it's folks are growth from just followers? Right? I don't you know. Just, there's yeah, a difference yeah. between these yeah. followers that just like a number, and then followers that are like, hey, they actually engage. They actually talk to you. They comment. Um, and if you ever need to sell something, they might buy it. Right.
1: Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm sure it's, um, I'm sure it's a mix. Um, cause I am running, you know, I do run ads too. Um, but, um, yeah, I would say predominantly, you know, it's, it's been, um, you know, people that are actually interested in my brand, um, and you know, the content I'm producing. Um, I think it's one thing, you know, maybe to note too, is it's definitely a mixture of people that might be interested in hiring me for work, but also people that are just interested in, you know, my brand and what I do just because simply, you know, yeah. you, just through what we do with the the podcast and everything as well as my personal brand put out a lot of um unsplash i guess helpful content um yeah. but yeah yeah i could I could
0: talk a little bit about unsplash as well um yeah. I but guess instagram to- I mean um, uh, where is it at now with you like are you still thinking like hey, this is my number one channel going forward um in regards to
1: getting incoming business um Yes, definitely. Uh, among social media platforms, yeah, it's definitely still um, bringing in the most business for me. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, I think Instagram has never been my mindset in regards to um, my platform. Um I think YouTube is kind of always... I've always seen YouTube as more of a focus, actually, in a weird way. Um, because I, I, I guess I've just understood that Instagram is going to be relatively temporary um, for quite a few years now, just with people always shifting from, you know, Twitter Mm -hmm. to, or MySpace, really. MySpace, Mm -hmm. Twitter, Snapchat, Instagram, Facebook. um, TikTok. Everything kind of just jumped. TikTok, yeah, everything jumping all the time. Um, YouTube has just been something that's been so just, it's been, it's been there since the internet man like since i yeah. was like since i remember using dial-up at my house when i was mm. like seven years old or some shit you know like i remember youtube yeah. uh, it's always been there and always been solid so um yeah i mean i think that's kind of the number one my perspective i think instagram still has great potential and and quality for people to make things happen and to have a good personal brand it's just obviously the 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 potential for getting any virality or growing extremely fast on there, I think, is gone. Um, Some people yeah. it might randomly happen to, but I think predominantly it's kind of gone. Um, And so yeah. I think that's why a lot of people are on TikTok, and you're seeing TikTok style videos on Instagram, and Instagram's pushing Reels is because Instagram's kind of trying to 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 stay alive. But I think the style yeah. of social content is shifting.
0: Yeah, it's <laughs> it's hard. I mean with Instagram personally I've I feel like um, a lot of the believers or people that have been there for many years have kind of t- turned away from the platform they're more towards YouTube or TikTok um, I feel like it's hard to build relationships there because you know it starts with just liking each other's stuff and then maybe sliding into the DMs and stuff but like it, it's it's hard to have conversations there I think personally um, and then I I also feel like it's just so limiting in the fact that it's just a visual first. And, like, while that's good for media professionals, it also means that, like, you don't really post anything unless you have media to post, right? And mm-hmm. I think there's so much more towards building a brand with just posting your thoughts. And I think that's one of the benefits of Twitter is, like, you can just get something out there real quick to show, like, what your thoughts are or a quick lesson or whatever, right? Where Instagram, it might be a little hard to do that because it's such a visual platform, uh, which kind of goes in hand in hand because the visual platform has led to why it's good for media professionals, but right. it, it's hard to build, I think, genuine relationships because of such. Um, and now it's into reels, which is like it's a you know a real short term, high pace, like almost super fake like kind of medium where it's just like hit them with 15 seconds of everything you got and do it. 30 more times and then you might, you know, get some virality there. Right. And I feel like that's superficial as well. So I don't know. I, I'm just not into Instagram as much as I was. And, and I, again, I've been on there every day for four years promoting a brand and my personal. So I, I hear you there. Um, you know, but for TikTok, you you switching over there because you can get a ton of views and generate a ton of exposure with TikTok. I think it really depends on the niche. Um, I don't see all yeah. niches doing well there. Um, you know, and I think, um, it, so it depends on the niche, the type of videos you're creating. Um, what videos are you seeing that work well, or maybe what niche do you see that works well on TikTok so far? Um, especially pertaining to,
1: you know, video, um, video and kind of photo media creation space, um, content creators, uh. You know, I think a lot of quick tip videos, I've been seeing those have, have been super viral um, before and afters, um, be that a photo or a video, you know, showing people kind of the behind the scenes capturing of the process, then what the final kind of results look like. Yeah. Um, and then um, short comedy skits, I think kind of just relatable content of what it's like to be a photographer or a filmmaker, um, some of the struggles we go through with clients mm-hmm. or paying for gear different things like that um i've seen those kind of be going viral as well so um <clears throat> yeah i think those are kind of the main ones um really i've been i've been yeah. seeing kind of with with a lot of
0: uh, exposure a lot of views let's get into like the you know like the the tips video like you giving tips so like when you do that you're you're targeting an audience of fellow creators, right? It's not targeting an audience of like potential people that want to hire you. No. I think for the most part, right? I, or unless do you see it as like people want to hire you because you are giving tips. Like, what, are your, <coughs> what are your thoughts there? Yeah, 100%. I think it's, I think it's definitely a mixture
1: of both. I think, I, I think the fact that, you know, not just myself, I think a lot of other people that are doing it, you know, when they put out that kind of content giving back, um, it, it, it shows you're an authority in your industry. Um, you know, it mm-hmm. shows that you know what you're talking Fair. about. Um, it shows that you have knowledge, that you have experience. Um, <clears throat> and if, and if, you know, you're doing enough of it and putting putting the right stuff out, I think it also says, you know, you're, you're not full of shit, you know, that you, you actually do sure. know what you're talking about. Right. Um, sure. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think it, it really does twofold. But again, like for my own personal perspective and reasons, um, you know, I do it for for that. But also from a, a personal perspective, like I see a lot of opportunity um, for growth as a business and for, for profit as well, of course. And then personally, like I love helping and giving back. So being able to build a brand through um, giving back and, and giving content um, just like this podcast you know, that's going to allow me down the road to to leverage into other areas, similar to Sam Newton. So if I want to drop a clothing line or I want mm-hmm. to start a business that's selling some kind of particular product for filmmakers or whatever have you, right, you know, I can easily transition, build up that business and leverage, you know, the the audience that I've been able to build um, through my personal mm-hmm. brand. Um, and, <clears throat> and again, so that's kind of, again, for, for me personally, why I do a lot of, um, you know, tips, uh, hacks, um, and just kind of general, I guess, helpful, helpful content, um, specifically more pertaining to, to lighting and cinematography, but yeah.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. Um, heading on over to YouTube, um, you shared that you were making millions off YouTube last uh, episode. (laughs) Um, (laughs) uh, but aside from the monetization, how is like the traffic, how is the engagement you put out a video? Do you still feel like, Hey, your followers are being notified. They're, they're showing up regularly or is it just new folks trickling in? Like, how do you feel about, you know, that kind of engagement for your content on YouTube? Cause you've got what? 30,000 uh, subscribers now. Yeah. Um, yeah, so- I don't know when you put it that way. I
1: mean, I would say it kind of feels relatively similar to, to Instagram to me. Um, and I guess that's that's simply because, you know, from a long-term perspective, I've always prioritized, I guess, YouTube and having video content because I know mm-hmm. I want to put out courses and other things like that in the future mm-hmm. um, and just being able to kind of see and follow that journey. But, um, you know, I've never put a big focus in YouTube content in the sense that... Um, so, so if you go to my YouTube channel, for instance, you know, I have content that's tip videos and tutorials, but a lot of it is honestly like portfolio work. It's music videos, it's commercials, it's short films, mm-hmm. it's documentaries. Um, and so I think part of that, you know, I haven't necessarily built myself out the best way for the YouTube algorithm and that, you know, I'm not a dedicated producer of content. I'm not putting out at least, you know, one to two videos a week. I'm not making right. sure I meet the certain YouTube algorithms. Um, perfecting my thumbnail. Um, you know, I think nowadays, like your videos are supposed to be like ten minutes or more. Um, YouTube will kind of bump it up because they want people to be hanging around longer, watching longer form content. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not like I'm not necessarily prioritizing and focusing that much on YouTube right now um, mm-hmm. because, again, you know, um, for for me, my main line of business, my main line of work is with clientele, um, and so mm-hmm. Instagram is still. The, the main area for me when it comes to social media. So most of my attention when it comes to building out content, running it on social media, etc., you know, is, is more catered towards Instagram. Um, then I would say there's a healthy balance between TikTok and YouTube. Um, and that's predominantly it. I, I put a little bit of content out on LinkedIn and uh, Facebook as well. Yeah. Um, have you got
0: into YouTube shorts at all? Um, like making short films on YouTube? No, like the YouTube Shorts, they have the new kind of thing where they kind of took it from like reels and all that kind of stuff, right? I have not gotten
1: into that at all. Um, okay. I, that would lend you to my, my perception on, on YouTube. I mean, like mm, I know I have those stories. It. I know they have posting. Um, and, and I do those. You know, I do put put out posts um, here and there. Sometimes I'll mm. upload some story content. Um, yeah, but I, I personally haven't done anything with uh, YouTube Shorts.
0: Yeah, it's just like TikTok. I just wonder how the exposure from those are, you know, benefiting creators. Um, sure. and I yeah, think it, yeah. it's kind of creating this thing where, you know, you create a TikTok-like video and then now Instagram has a TikTok-like thing like Reels, so then you just recycle that video to Instagram Reels and then now you recycle that video to YouTube Shorts, right? So, I think maybe they're just trying to Everyone's uh, trying to beat off. each other off. Yeah. <laughs> Um, That's annoying. I, you know, I guess the the goal of it is to allow new creators to gain more followers a lot quicker, uh, because you know you could just create smaller videos and uh, get in front of audience quicker rather than just you know ten minute videos take time so, a lot of time yeah th- yeah so it's it's neat to see where that goes. Um, You know, and then I think one thing that we should definitely bring up, though, is Unsplash and what you've been able to do there because I think you've done a phenomenal job building your brand through Unsplash. um, And you can't sleep on that. So, talk us through like your journey with Unsplash, you know, um, how it came to be and how it's helping you today.
1: Yeah. I mean, so Unsplash and Pexels, that's another big one I use too pretty simple um you know i just upload behind the scenes content on there um again i think uh it all just ties back to what what we've been talking about earlier you know like the perceived value um i want people to have the the experience i want people to to see and feel before they even like meet me or step in the room, right? Mm -hmm. So like, Mm -hmm. um, again, I put out all this content on on Unsplash and and Pexels because that then leads to my face, my brand, my company being pushed and pumped out everywhere. And sure, I don't necessarily gain a profit from a lot of this stuff, like a lot of people using my face and my image, but it's like attaching me to, to the words... That live, you know, within the industry, filmmaking and content creation and cameras because I'm, you know, my face is so attached to the SEO and the keywording. Um, <clears throat> but then again, you know, on top of that, again, is it goes back to the kind of the perception that, that's, that's given. So when I have all this content out there, like there's a perceived experience and of course i have to live up to that you know um and so i'm not i'm not necessarily scared of that you know but that's definitely something to be aware of too when you're you're putting content out but um that's the great benefit you know is is i've i've been able to continue to get bigger and better clients and bigger and better budgets because there's a higher perceived value now for Mm -hmm. what my brand in in my company is you know and what what i kind of represent. Um, and so yeah. putting putting out all that content on Unsplash and, and Pexels has really led to a lot of exposure. It's led to a lot of work. Um, I mean, I think like the biggest and coolest uh, kind of piece of work I think I got was probably did it two or three, probably about three years ago. But through Unsplash, I got hired to do uh, a commercial campaign with Timberland. Um, you know, so I did a, a yeah, sure. shoot for Timberland along with like 10 other photographers and our work was put up all over the place in like London, Germany, Nigeria, US, etc. So that was, uh, that was a super cool experience. I don't do photo anymore really, but, um, nonetheless, yeah. you know, that was a cool gig. I got through just putting photos up on Unsplash.
0: Yeah. I think, listen, you post photos of yourself, BTS on set holding uh, an awesome camera, right? And so simply put, brands take that stock footage, they put it to use with their brands, and then also you're being associated with really big brands, and then your perceived value then goes up. And it's as simple as that, right? and you've gotten a lot of downloads like in 2018 you were one of the top 25 most downloaded uh photographer uh or like guy holding a camera on on unsplash kind of thing right (laughs) so you've gotten a lot of downloads you've gotten a lot of brands to integrate you into their branding and that's all been great for your brand right and then you also got to post it on instagram and whatnot and that's leading me to a point which is like Listen, there's a lot of platforms and it's like you could spend so much time in on each one of these platforms. And at the end of the day, who knows which platform is going to be best for you. So, I like the approach of trying to recycle as much as possible on all the platforms, trying to be engaging as much as possible on all the platforms, which it's hard to do, right? Because it takes time to engage, right? So, yeah. maybe pick a couple that, you know, or Figure out what's best for you and your business, your situation. Try to create real relationships, genuine, you know, situations with genuine friends. Be genuine and whatnot, um, and just feel it from there. I think um, posting frequently is leads to you know growth, leads to more exposure, and so yep. even if you're just pushing out uh, on a professional level, one video a month. Well, you got to find, you know, behind the scenes stuff to post out or um, you writing a a treatment and talking through how you wrote that treatment or you are scouting, you know, locations like figure out a way that you can, you know, really maximize that that channel of distribution to promote your brand with everything that you're doing to further your brand on a behind the scenes standpoint. Uh, and that will help you in a lot of ways because so many folks, really great filmmakers, uh, I went to film school with or just I uh, made films with, right? But um, they have no they have no personal brand, and, yep. they, and they're and they a freelancer, so they don't um, – that's kind of like the thing is a personal brand, right? They, they don't have a production company. They're just like gaffers or cinematographers or DPs, right? And so they have no personal brand. So uh, when folks need uh, to hire them and they don't know about them and they've never seen their stuff – they don't hire them because they don't know them, right? Yep. Compared to, uh, I need a cinematographer. I don't know this guy, but I see him everywhere. His work looks legit. Let me just hit him up, right? That's where we're getting to here, and so we've we've all benefited from this. It's not a, a new secret that we're unlocking. We're just kind of talking about the importance of such uh, reconnecting of like where these platforms are right now and how they're helping each one of us, um, and then kind of talking about you know what else we can do to build that online exposure. Um, You know, let's quickly get into online portfolios, websites, right? Um, A lot of us have treated Instagram like a portfolio or YouTube as a portfolio, but um, I, I'm really of the, the position that you should have a company website uh, that reflects your branding, that re- reflects your morals, what you want your company to stand for, and then the best work that you want to display on your website for your niche. I think that's still really powerful um, even though that it might get sleeped on sometimes, I still think that's important. What do you think, Kyle?
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely, man. I mean, I think, again, even talking about other areas that like you can build, um, brand value, um, is, is through website, you know? So my website has a blog. Um, I push out a bunch of content on the blog and again, it's not a lot, but for instance even today like I got uh I got an email from a girl about um here let me just pull it up really quick um mm-hmm. my morning routine set up everyday for success so this is like an email um this is a blog piece I put out like 2 years ago but this mm-hmm. lady just found it online um just through looking around and she has you know an article that she wants to put out that she think could, could benefit my followers. Um, and again, so it's like, it's a simple, easy connection there with a content writer. Um, and I'll have mm-hmm. a free piece of content that again, I get to pump out on my blog made me a connection. Mm-hmm. Again, I get further, um, kind of SEO and, and other kind of attention that'll mm-hmm. you know generate and come my way. So again, you know, I think, um, that's just one example in a simple way, but, but yeah, I mean, I, I think having a website is a huge deal. Um, it, again, I think it, it just from the professionalism standpoint alone, um, yeah, I think it's really, really important to have.
0: Yeah, I think there's a there's a lot of different ways you can think about it. So you have your portfolio way. You can also think about it SEO, depending on the type of customer you're looking for, right? Like, it's really important in some niches, photography and videography for weddings. It's really important, right? Because a lot of um, couples may not know who to look, and so they Google, you know, that, and they look for nearby wedding pho- photographers. Same thing with real estate, um, and um, you know, so if you can show up in top search results for those niches, niches, that's really beneficial. But other things like commercials probably doesn't matter, right? Um, I don't know anyone searching Google for commercial directors. I'm not sure. So things like that. I'll also say like you know, going back to Instagram hashtagging, we found a lot of success with micro hashtags, meaning like if you're in Orlando, hashtag. Orlando. Hashtag videographer Orlando. Hashtag those smaller hashtags that don't get a ton of traffic but are really relevant and that have a higher chance of conversion. Meaning if someone is searching for a videographer in Orlando, there's a good chance that once they find that videographer in Orlando in the search results, they want to hire them, right? So um, thinking about it that way of like, hey, how can I maximize my online exposure for my personal and my company brand? How can I get in front of the most people as possible? And what's an online media strategy that works for me and my company that I can uh, execute on a weekly, monthly basis going forward? So whether I'm on a project or in between projects, my brand is always going forward and that brand equity is adding up. And over time, that's also another asset that I have for my company, my personal stuff that I can leverage for future situations. Right, right. Let's um, let's get into our scenario for today and then we'll wrap things up. Um, so our scenario for today is clients making last minute changes on set or just last minute in general, how to handle it, right? So a good example of this is Um, uh, I'll, I'll start with a tough one, but you know, um, a client wants to hire this actress and then last minute they choose, they want to hire another actress, right? Or a client wants to, um, do one thing and then they say last minute that they want to do another. I don't know what example might you be thinking of that we can work through here? Um, yeah, so personally
1: I have, uh, I have an example where, um, you know, we had a, production going on um and we had pretty much built out a full agreement um for what we were going to be capturing and filming that day um and then the client kind of changed the entire idea of what they wanted to to film so it was a commercial production um so we had a client representative on set that day um and they just utterly were changing you know entirely what we were kind of shooting or what was Hmm. Um, you know, what were the shots that they, they wanted to have for the video? Um, and so, you know, having a representative come out here and tell you that something's entirely different from what you've previously, um, you know, known working and going through, you know, conference calls and meetings with a uh, marketing department is quite a bit of, uh, uh, I don't know, a 180, if you will. Um, you know, so us kind of working through that situation was relatively simple though. I mean, again, it's, you know, take a second, breathe, be calm, be calm, Um, and and so for us, you know, it was just clarifying like, okay, you know, who have you gotten this cleared through? Like who have you talked to? Um, and then for me personally, again, because I was kind of, you know, directing and producing this project, it's my responsibility, you know, to make sure that everything's cleared. So for me, then it was just making a quick call, um, and making sure that, uh, so I'll just say Tammy, just random names uh so we're not talking about the businesses and stuff but um <laughs> i just called tammy up and um made sure everything was actually cleared with the changes which it was the shot list was entirely changed um you know, essentially the yeah. night before um at the end of the day you know i mean it's that that's part of the part of the nature of the game of it, right? um yeah. especially with commercial work um again like i i always joke that our our job is not filmmaking our job is creative problem solving because y- you show up on set and no matter how much pre-production you do I, I guarantee you make the most um, with the with the lease you know how can you make the most with yeah the budget or the talent the time you have because I'm telling you it's it's never enough <laughs>
0: Yeah, you know, like uh, solid pre production is key. And I think solid pre production sets you up for success. So when things change, you know the situation well enough to adapt quickly enough, right? Right. The thing is, things are always going to change, whether it's from the client side or you're just running late or you're running behind or uh, you didn't have a piece of gear that you needed or you forgot something. It's always going to change, right? There's always going to be last minute things. And so it's, I think. The best filmmakers and business owners really shine in those moments too right like once you can actually take in that change and say hey as long as it's approved everyone's on board we're going to make it happen we're going to talk through this we're going to do it logically and we're going to execute this just like we all agreed upon right so again it's like like you said running it up through the chain make sure everyone's on the same page everyone's approved and then once everything is on the same everyone's on the same page all right. Now, what do we need to do to execute? Let's get the team together. Let's talk through this. Uh, let's get you know the actors updated with what's going on, and let's put it into motion. Uh, and keep everyone updated along the way. If if budgets going to increase because of such, make sure they're aware of that before you change anything, right? Right. If times going to go over, make sure you're aware of that stuff like that, right? So. It's all about being a leader. Uh, you're always going to have to adapt to change. How well can you communicate in the moment? How well can you lead in the moment? I think will lead you to success, whether it's just you on set or you and a team of 10 or 20 on set. It's all the same. You know, you're know, you working with that client. You want to keep that client happy. You want to deliver everything you can for them. And so um, you know, take this moment and, and, and turn it into something that is really special for you and your production uh, because there's a lot of great situations that happened like that i mean remember the pop and clout video that i talked about a couple of seasons ago where um they made, were making a music video for young thug i believe his that was the artist and he never showed up yeah the yeah. entire thing he never showed up and so they made a video without him and then they released it and it went viral and the video was a huge success and he was never even in his own video and he got massive online exposure for it and it was a huge success so you never know where that idea is going to lead you right so adapt Make the best thing that you can make and um, and you'll make it happen
1: one hundred percent i I hate to revert back, but now that we're sitting here, I feel like there was a little bit more we could we could touch on with uh, with branding. well what are we missing before we sign off? Um, so i I feel like we didn't touch on you know how you can leverage it for brand partnerships and gear um okay. different things like that um and then also i think again just to reiterate the the importance of brand awareness i think i personally would just like to talk about again like the power of perceived value over um i i guess not <laughs> um again just in the simple sense of of having a good brand um so like just putting simply like you know, like when, when I'm looking to hire someone out for a project that maybe I haven't worked with um, and, and, you know, maybe it's I reach out to a good friend, um, knows the area, um, they have some connections, so I kind of I trust them. Even then, if they give me someone and I go to like check out their page or find their website, they don't have a website, I go to their Instagram and like it's just like pictures of them hiking in the mountains or with their family, like there's nothing showing them like in the process of gaffing. But I go find some other guy, um, you know, or they give me someone else um, and they, you know, they're just they're, their profile is loaded with photos of them gaffing, like showing them in that process that conveys to me one, like more perceived value, more trust and that like they love and they're interested in the process. Um, and so that would make me, you know, more interested um, in hiring that individual
0: for a project rather than the other. For sure, 100%. And I think a lot of that happens behind the scenes without you even knowing it. Like you just posting videos or photos of you on set working in a professional manner. That adds up. And that's that's stacking your perceived value over time, uh, even without them ever contacting you. So yeah. 100%. And I think, you know, to your point, you can add into that of like, hey, once you have this perceived value, once you have an audience, you can reach out to brands and leverage that to get, um, you know, gear for gear reviews or any other situations that you might need to get into to make the most of it. So, for example, like, um, remember Sam was talking early on, Sam Newman, who was like travel videographers they just hit up resorts, right? They make videos for resorts, so they hit up resorts. They got free stay at all of those resorts because they had an audience, they were building stuff for them, and they had that relationship through their personal brand that they were able to leverage, right? You can apply that a million different ways. Like Matt Como, uh, he's now doing stuff like with the latest Mercedes cars, right? And all that kind of stuff. Because he's got a great personal brand and Mercedes wants to get in on that, right? There's a million ways that you can leverage that to Um, get into uh, partnerships or conversations with folks that you want to partner with uh, that you might not have had the opportunity to, if you didn't have that personal or company brand to support it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. 100%. And I think that's like, it's such an easy, it's such an easy access point in way that you can, you know, again, get more gear, get partnerships, which can lead to cool projects um, getting gear ahead of time. Um, there's just so many benefits and there's no negative sides to it, I guess is really what I'm just trying to convey with this episode. And, and, you know, I think it's, (laughs) it's such a simple thing. Um, again, for me, it's now, you know, I just, it's a simple, it's, it's a guarantee. Like it's a budget cut. I am willing to take every single project I have behind the scenes coming. Um, and if that's a little bit of extra money I don't get to have in my pocket, that's okay because I know it's going to pay off tenfold down the road. Um, and it already Mm -hmm. has for me, you know, in a lot of ways with, again, like just, just alone and brand partnerships, you know, um, you know, Mm -hmm. and, and just all the different gear and, and partnerships I've been able to leverage into different commercial projects, um, passion projects of my own, you know, um, that I've wanted to do. Um, so I think it's, you know, it's, it's really, really important, um, that you guys, you know, 100%. You, you build your brand. <laughs>
0: hey, and one of the best ways to build your brand is with Jump Studios, ladies and gentlemen, because when you yes, send sir. media for review, whether it's photos, videos, whatever it may be, It's all branded through your company brand. They get a great experience from start to finish. If you haven't checked out Jump Studios yet, go to jumpstudios.io. Get started for free. It's your all-in-one CRM system for video professionals. It will hook you and your company up, taking you all to the next level. So check out Jump Studios, jumpstudios.io. But otherwise, that's it for this episode. Thank you for tuning back into Season 3. We have a lot more planned for you for the rest of the season. Uh, and we're just so excited to be back with you all. Yeah. If you haven't already, follow us on Instagram at Learn Videography and at Industry Jump. You can file Kyle at CalVisuals and myself at JJ Englert. Otherwise, we will be back next week with another episode where we break down some juicy stuff to help you grow your video business to the moon. And back. Let's go, Kyle Loftus. Great. Another episode. Thank you for tuning in with us. I'll see you all next time. Love y'all. Later.